Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came from a listener in our Facebook group who asked, I have a five-year-old boy who cries wolf. He's constantly crying as if he broke a bone or has been severely injured after minor bumps and falls. It's gotten so frustrating that I've stopped responding altogether. Has anyone else had a kid like this? What did you do and find helpful? So before we start, The Boy Who Cried Wolf, just in case somebody listening doesn't know what that story is about, it is a fable about a boy who thought it was a lot of fun to stand outside the village and yell, wolf, wolf, help him being attacked by a wolf, and everybody would come to help him, and then he'd, ha ha, laugh, I tricked you, I tricked you. He does this twice. Then the third time, he really is attacked by a wolf, and he yells, wolf, wolf, and nobody comes to help him. And that little boy learned a lesson that day. So, of course, the little boy in this is not being so devious and duplicitous as that little boy. But it can be completely annoying and also a little confusing when you have a kid who just kind of makes a lot out of nothing like this. Yes, there are some kids like this. I had a kid like this, and we'll talk more about that later. But the first thing to do when you have a kid who is weepy and, and easy to cry, the first fix is to make sure they're getting your positive attention and lots of it elsewhere. That this kid is getting lap time and story time or, or Legos time with you or whatever it is when nothing's wrong so that they don't have to seek out your attention in negative ways. The second thing is when a kid does cry about a minor bump scrape kind of thing, we all know that the easiest thing to do is sort of calm redirection. I don't think complete ignoring is necessary because it might instead just cause the kid to dial it up, dial it up until they do get your attention. It's more sort of about calm redirection. You give it sort of one, oh my goodness, and then you redirect. This works no matter what age kids are. If you can calmly redirect them to the next thing, they will hopefully quickly enough forget what it was that they were so upset about. Screaming is never allowed. If they're going to scream and carry on at the dinner table, maybe they have to go be by themselves. You can put boundaries around it, but give it neither too much positive or negative attention, as was already your instinct. Now, let's talk about the sensitivity that might be underlying this. I mean, you definitely have a sensitive kid, a kid who cries about boo-boos that maybe other kids, maybe your other kids wouldn't have made a fuss about. So you definitely have a sensitive kid. That much is evident. And it might be worth getting curious about how sensitive. Some kids kind of seem to be overreactive to pain, and it's because they literally have a nervous system that's overreactive to pain. 
They're not making it up. I had a little one like this that everything seemed to be a big deal. They'd cry a lot over injuries that seemed minor. It was sort of baffling to me. And then that kid went on to start having migraines a couple years later. I'm not saying that's what's happening here. However, if this kid is a kid who hates swings, if this kid hates things that spin, if this kid is quite prone to motion sickness, things like that, you might have a kid whose nervous system is actually particularly sensitive and they're not making it up. So I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I am saying it's worth sort of collecting some information on this. Is your kid also crying about every emotional disappointment, every lost game of Candyland, or is this restricted to seemingly small physical injuries? How much is this stuff really bothering your kid? The way to look into that is, is this kid saying his ankle hurts and then he's limping even when he doesn't think you're looking? Is this kid very easy to distract or redirect with an episode of his favorite show? Or is he still sniffling half an hour later? Does this extreme crying at minor injuries happen only when they're tired or after a very long and stimulating day? Or does it happen when they're well rested and just had breakfast? Is he sleeping fine at night despite saying his elbow really hurt at dinner time, or is his sleep being disturbed? Is he coming to get you? This stuff can seem really obvious in retrospect, but in the moment, it's just sort of like your elbow can't hurt that much. You didn't hit it that hard. That wouldn't hurt me that much. And that might be true. And you might have a kid who just likes being dramatic, or you have a kid who just is a little more sensitive. And the actual physical sensitivity can come with increased emotional sensitivity. And it's not something you can ignore out of them. And it's not something you can diminish and deny out of them. It's something that you can accept, put boundaries around that work for the entire family, redirect them, love them, and try to pull out of it whenever possible how annoying it can be to you. Because of course, it's annoying to you. And of course, it's ridiculous. And they're carrying on about nothing. But try to separate out the idea that they're doing this in order to do that. Their motivation might just be like, wow, this hurts and I need some help, mom, more than I'm getting into this to see how much of attention I can get out of it. Going through a little process of discernment for yourself and taking these concerns to your pediatrician if you really do see like, wow, this kid really is limping two days later from bumping the chair, then that might be worthwhile. Not to be alarmed, not to overthink this, not to helicopter parent a kid who's perfectly healthy, but just to reset maybe your expectations and your ability to meet this kid who cries over little things with a little more compassion which will make things easier, not just for the kid, but also for you. Send us your parenting questions and we might answer yours next. Email us questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, 
tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.